Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here with you. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, feelings and faith. There's a scripture that we sing, and one of the verses is, I'm not going to live by what I feel. I'm not going to live by what I see. Deep down, I know that you're here. I don't know the name of the song, right? But those lyrics, and every time I hear that song, I get a bit intrigued because it's when you look at the screen um, and the words show on the screen, the whole uh, screen will show two lines. I'm not going to live by what I see and I'm not going to live by what I feel. And I thought to myself, man, if we could get those two things right, we would be living the, the, the type of life that we're called to live. And it's such a happy, easy song. But if we really take a look at those two lines, I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. Man, it's, it's uh, quite an eye-opener. So I want to dive into that a little bit. You know, we, um, uh, especially as young people and in our culture, there's a uh, living for the moment attitude uh, with terms that came out like YOLO, you only live once. Like, hey, let's just... Uh, there's a there was a nail salon that opened up near our house called YOLO Nails. And I was like, man, how does that even make sense? YOLO Nails, you only live once. Hey, let's just go get our nails done because you only live once, you know. But it's a saying that puts people in a place of like, let's take like seize the day, right? And there's a good side to, size to seize the day. Like you never get today back. But there's also the party side of seize the day. Like, bro, let's go hang out, man. Carpe diem, seize the day, bro. You know, and this thing of like, you only live once, let's just go get it. And a very, very, I react out of how I feel. Oh, I didn't feel like going to church today. Oh, I didn't feel like reading my Bible today. And I got asked this the other day. Someone said to me, what's the difference between being disciplined and being religious? I was talking about spending time in prayer, and they said, what's the difference between being disciplined and being religious? Because many people, and I was in the same place as a teenager, but get kept out of doing things that they know that they should do because of this feeling of compulsion, this feeling of, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to do it because I have to do it. I want it to come out of my love for God. And the guy asked me, what's the, what's the difference between being um, uh, disciplined and religious or, or uh, doing something out of love or out of religion? What's the difference? And I think that's such an important thing to, to nail down for yourself because I was very much like that. I was uh, you know, teenager, even into my early 20s. And man, if I'm not going to read the Bible if I don't feel like it because I just, wanna, I just want it to come out of a heart of love for God. I don't want to do anything because I have to. Uh, and and this, this very much living by my feelings. But when I look at the Bible, when I look at the disciples, you know, just the name, they were disciples. And everyone here that follows Jesus fits into the category of you're a disciple, you're a follower of Christ. But di- disciple means a disciplined one. When we look at Jesus, he was very much a disciplined one. For as much as, you know, he walked in grace and he showed grace, the woman who was caught in adultery, and he said, hey, I don't, who whoever can accuse you. He's without sin. Let him cast the first stone. He actually was the only one who qualified to throw the first stone. And he said, I don't accuse you. Go and sin no more. Right. Uh, And so we saw the gray side of Jesus, but we also get to see the side that was up long before the sun was up because he went to go pray. One who was very disciplined. And yes, he loved God. But uh, my answer to this friend who said, uh, what's the difference between discipline and, and religion or doing something out of love and religion? I said, well, I 
because of my love for God, have formed disciplines. I haven't formed them just because they aren't what get me to heaven. My reading the Word, ultimately reading the Word, uh, does lead to a relationship with Jesus. So I would argue that if you don't ever read the Bible, you will end up not having a relationship with Jesus. But there's people who are blind and they actually can't read the Bible, right? And so maybe they get someone to read to them. But, but uh, you can make heaven possibly without reading your Bible. But it's not like if I miss a day, I'm, I'm not making it, right? So they aren't things that give me credit in God's bank that, that keep me there. But it's a discipline that I set because I love God. And because, um, and I said this to him, I said, you know, you should actually take it that if your flesh doesn't want to do it, it's probably a good thing that you do it. Because trusting your flesh, when you say, I'm going to live by what I feel, oh, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like, even with natural exercise, I don't feel like getting up and running. I don't feel like going to the gym. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing to actually then do that. Um, uh, the disciple, I think it was, well, Paul said, I, I buffet my body daily, uh, which means I make it do things I don't want to do. I heard a story of how Smith Wigglesworth was picked up by Lester Sumrall. And Lester Sumrall said, hey, uh, Mr. Wigglesworth, how, are, how do you feel today? And he said, I never, and Smith Wigglesworth says, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how he feels today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. So much of the walk of, of the Christian faith and is walking outside of what you feel. Um, along with that, it's outside of what you see. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So as a person who's going to f- live, as people who are going to fulfill the call and the plans of God for your life, you will be faced with many times where your circumstances will conflict with what the word says. And so that doesn't mean it's not true. Many people look and say, well, you know, the Bible can't be true because look, the Bible says that um, the the righteous, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, neither, neither seed begging for bread. And there's a person, a homeless person, and he says, uh, God bless you. So obviously he's a Christian and he's begging. So the word's not true. And so they'll th- say things like that. But the word of God is there that you can take that word and do battle by the word of God, where the, where the circumstances come. You wake up and there's a tickle in your throat and you say, absolutely not. In the name of Jesus, I command my body to be healed. I command this sickness to go in Jesus' name. Healing is the children's bread. It is by his stripes that I am healed. Lord, you said believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. I lay hands on myself today and I command this body to be healed in Jesus' name. And you choose to to close your eyes and you don't use your eyes as your number one resource for information. You use the word of God. Let the word dictate who you are, not what you see, not what you feel. I'm a child of God. I'm anointed. I'm a, I'm bold. Man, there are people who get to a point where they used to win souls and now they're nervous and they haven't won souls in weeks. And, and then they have to know, you know, that I just gotta, yeah, I guess gotta get back out there. Start in your prayer time. I'm bold as a lion. I love winning souls. I love telling people about Jesus. It's my favorite thing. Everywhere I go, I tell people about Jesus. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion and I'm righteous. So that means I'm bold. You may not feel bold, but it doesn't matter because the word of God says you are. You may not feel healed, but it doesn't matter because the word of God says you are. The Bible says, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. And so you take the word of God and begin to break your circumstances into pieces with them. And you keep at it. I was reading, I've been studying in my own time on healing and John G. Lake had this, um, 
like healing schools set up in in Spokane, Washington, and over the years, over a hundred thousand incurable diseases uh, were were healed. But after a while, these uh, this people in medicine said, "We want to see what's going on." And they brought a uh, a scanner, and there was a person who had some sort of cyst. And they the person came to the healing school, and people were laying hands on him. They spent a day there, and they 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 um, scanned them before, and they saw this cyst or whatever it was. And then, and the next day, they they scanned it again. The cyst was still there, but it had shrunk a little bit. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and every day it was shrinking a little bit as they were there. And after 10 days, it was completely gone. And so some people, they go and they're believing the Lord for something. Okay, I'm going to go get my healing. I'm believing for my healing. They go get in prayer line and then they get prayed for. And then they feel like nothing happens. But because of their feelings, they give up on their faith, but they don't know that their faith is working. And so you, instead of giving up, you say, the word is working mightily in me. Even if I don't feel like it, I don't listen to my feelings. I'm a child of God. I don't, I'm not, I, I believe the word of God. I'm, I live long. The Bible says I'm rich and I'm getting richer. The Bible says I'm rich and I'm sorrow free because the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. I choose, I, ch- I refuse to live by my feelings. I refuse to live by what I see. I choose to, to be someone who plugs into the word of God and lives by what the word of God says. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's James 1.8. And that's such a key verse because you see it in faith where people get get decide. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, they think they decide. They say things like, "All right, I'm believing the Lord for this. I'm believing the Lord for this." And then a day later, when nothing's, when it looks like nothing has happened, they haven't seen what they wanted yet. They start thinking, "Well, how can I go get it on my own?" Oh, you, they say things like, "I'm never gonna take out a loan." And then they're like, and then they pray about something, and a day later, there's there's. There's just silence. Nothing's happening. They're like, well, maybe I could, maybe it is wise to just go get a loan and do this. And I'm not telling you one's better than the other. Well, actually, according to the Bible, it's better to not be in debt. I'm not saying it's a sin to be in debt, though. But uh, people are just double-minded. They decide to believe something. They decide, oh, I'm going to believe the Lord for that. I'm, I'm going to believe the Lord for my healing. And then a day later, when they're like, well, maybe I should go in for the doctor's treatment. Like you have to choose. You have to make up your mind because when you have second options, you aren't made up your mind. When you've committed yourself to the Lord, Lord, I'm either getting this by you or I'm not getting it then that's when you can hold on by your faith. Faith takes hanging on. When when things come that are contrary, Romans 4 talks about it a lot, but with um, Romans 10 as well, but uh, talks about um, uh, Abraham and Sarah, and it says Abraham... Uh, did not even consider his own body, which was dead, which being dead, or the deadness of, or his his body being old, and or the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he uh, grew strong in faith as he gave praise and glory to God, keeping. And then it says Sarah looked at him, and she counted him faithful who had promised. And so their eyes, instead of looking at their circumstances, their eyes were attached to the faithfulness of the one who said the word to them. Hey, you will be the father of many nations. You, th- this is this is what your seed will be like. And so he didn't look at his own body because he says, my body may look this way, but I trust the one who's made the promise more than I, more than I trust my eyes, more than I trust what I feel in my body. And I believe God can, and he will do it for me. And so making a decision for your life, there's something that you've been believing the Lord for, and it's stretched on long. And you've, and you say, man, I've, I've, 
I've been believing in faith for this for this long and nothing's happened. Where there comes a point where you have to be okay to say, maybe I've done it wrong. And maybe maybe this whole time I've been nervous about it and I haven't actually been in faith. But Lord, I'm deciding on account of your word that I'm standing my ground. Lord, you said that you give seed to sow and bread to eat. Lord, I'm asking you for this much to give according to your word. And I thank you for it. Lord, I choose to put my eyes on you because you're the faithful one. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, life becomes easy because you realize how big and how good he is, especially when you begin to remember what he's already done. It's like rehearsing your victories. You know, when if, if you had been, if you played on a basketball team and your team had had over the years, you'd, you'd, you'd beat them four times and this team comes back, they could be talking a lot of, they could be looking like, oh, we got a bunch of extra players now, we're a stacked team or whatever, but you can then just rehearse the victories. Now, remember the first time when we beat you by 22 points, and remember the second time. So it's the same thing. You rehearse your victories with God. Lord, I remember when you when I needed that, and you provided. Where I needed a place to stay, and you provided. Lord, I remember when I asked you to save my family, and then my, my mom got born again, or whatever the circumstances, and you rehearse what God has done, and you refuse to live by what you see. There comes a point. You won't get out of the life, out of this life, without having a place where your faith is tested. And so your faith being tested seems like the scary part, but it's actually what validates your faith. And so deciding to hang on tight, man, I'm not going to live. Some people, we talk about confession. People just need to put that on confession. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. I don't feel like going to church today. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. I don't feel like reading the Bible today. I'm not going to live by what I see. And I'm not going to live by what I feel. Man, the word of God is true. I don't care what anyone else does, but I'm a believer and I believe the word. If anyone's getting blessed, it's me because I believe and I've acted on the word. If anyone's walking in health, it's me because I believe and I've acted on the word. Body, be healed in Jesus' name because I I believe and I act on the word of God. God has a plan and he has a full life for you, but it's a decision to say, I'm not living by what I see or by what I feel. I'm living by the Bible. Amen. Amen. We love you. Please share this on your Instagram story. Thanks for everyone who's been um, posting on social media. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you guys tomorrow.